Disclaimer. The following program features language not suitable for all audiences, and the expressed opinions found within this program are a reflection of those who feature on the Pop Culture Effects podcast. Welcome to the Pop Culture Effect. I'm Rockin' Rob, and on this show, I bring my closest friends together to talk about all of the news happening in our pop culture world around us. We are joined today by all of my wonderful, all my friends that I love so dearly, and uh, we are joined today by Gemini. Hello. Blaze. Hello. Menace. Hello. And Angel. Hello. Anyways, um, another another news day, another boatload of just nonsensical stuff that I genuinely would think would come from a fever dream. And I think the only way to start is to talk about the odd rise of AI music. Now, I'm not, t- I mean, yes, I am totally talking about the SpongeBob songs that have been circulating. SpongeBob <laughs> is literally dropping the fattest bars, being the sickest rapper. Oh, if you guys if you guys haven't got a chance, go check out the SpongeBob raps. They're amazing. No, I've been shown oh Plankton singing Shine Bright like the time it did it. Oh so yeah. Bad. Okay, for some reason oh my God. Plankton's AI voice works with like every edgy emo or just crazy rock song. See, and then there's me. I just I checked out Butters and Cartman singing Never Essence. Oh my god. Oh my god. Hey, no. Can you see to Matt? Like open doors, so good. There was even the one song that kind of makes me a little sad, but also that like a pretty it's... good Cartman impression. <laughs> you guess? No, but uh, it doesn't say. Uh, there's another like one that I've been being shown a lot, and it's Neko Arcs AI oh, cover. <laughs> oh god. But yeah, even like like putting aside the character voices that gets brought into AI, even real world like humans that have passed away have had AI music. I think there have been some Elvis ones. There was one with XXX Tentacion and Juice World. They did a, they did a or the AI a version did a collab. A lot of Freddie Mercury. But yeah, I think it's just really crazy. I've seen some comments on the YouTube videos that are like, it's this is seriously putting pressure on the music industry because these vocal recognition softwares and these vocal like repetition softwares, I guess is a better term to use, are just able to replicate these voices so... Like, obviously, you're never going to have a perfect one-to-one. Like, there's obviously going to be some syllables, some words that they won't be able to get the human touch on, but it's scary. It's really scary for the music industry. Yeah, I just think that AI music is just a big problem, but I don't know. What, what, do you, what are your guys' opinions on just the... Just the cavalcade of nonsense that AI music has created. Well, for me, in my opinion, in the sense... it's going to be meme culture? I was going to yeah. say, in the sense of using it for covers and memes, perfectly fine. I don't give a shit about it, you know? It's funny, haha's. You know, that's fine. But if it's starting, to, if people are legitimately then going to try and use that to make, you know, licensed songs, that's where we run into the problem then of with the AI-generated art. And as an artist myself, I find that, you know shit i find that to be demeaning almost so when if it branches out into that that i feel is a big no-no and shouldn't be done but if it's just for shit posting who fucking cares you know they've been doing shit like that for a while now i mean you know while yeah it's becoming more polished and everything i mean they've been making like shit post covers where they like splice together voice lines and everything for years that's fine and everything so when it's used for shit post or people do voice impressions yeah i don't know from from my perspective like i get the the perspective on have like the the respect of art and the respect of the artists and the fact that ai can kind of encroach on their uh overall 
overall image, overall delivery of who they are. But you got, like, I don't know, from my point of view, I just think it's really interesting to have these opportunities, to have this music that, in a sense, wouldn't even exist. I, I, I look at it as a creative thing, but that that's just me being a, a fanboy viewer. Hey, that's fair. Like Gemini said, it's literally just on the context of how it's used. Right. But even then, like, the, 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 the song that I've been listening to that had AI voices of X and Juice, like, should, like, I genuinely really enjoy that song, and I don't know if it's actually, if, if it's good to like that song, you know, because of the connotations of, because it's a, it's a, it, it is a creation of a song of two dead people that like t- like t- two vocalists that have passed on so i don't it's it's a really weird gray area you know what i mean but yeah i i think i i, I don't know i just I, I think it's it's gonna be interesting to see how this ai create ai music and how accurate ai is getting and how it's going to affect the music industry and heck even animation because there because there are some crazy things that are that ai is influencing nowadays yeah. but going from computer generated products and content to a product made by the man the myth himself matthew lillard gemini take us through what shaggy's got in store for us so if you are a fan of matthew lillard DD, and bourbon whiskey you might be interested in this new product that the actor matthew lillard is um planning on or is currently i'm not too sure yet uh on selling in which it will be a DD inspired line of bourbon whiskeys Every- everyone drink responsibly yes drink responsibly and of the age that you are in the country you live in for america it's 21 in canada it's, it's 18. 18 18 okay yes tragically though if you're in canada you can't get it it's only going to be sold no. in the u.s well you know we got it we got it we got to do some good old-fashioned he's gonna uh, have someone smuggling. he's gonna have one of us mail it to him i mean you could you could but anyway um so it's going to be called quests end that is the line um and it is you know backed by matthew lillard which you know that's not a very uncommon thing as someone who does work in little tidbit of my personal life I do um, work in the uh, business of selling alcohol in that aspect Um, won't get too into it because that's personal but anyway so you know that is a very common thing of you know famous actors or just famous people in general where they you know endorse or create quote unquote they don't often usually do it's just more they back their money into it you know spirits and alcohol such as like Ryan Reynolds's uh, aviation gin Teremana with The Rock and everything it's a very common thing but I really like how this is um, a one, it's the man himself, Matthew Lillard, and it's also D&D themed, and um, it is by I believe the Find Familiar Spirit, which was founded by Lillard, screenwriter Justin Ware, and they're also partnering them with Blue Run Spirits, um, which is another company that distributes um, alcohol and everything. This fall, they will be launching Quest's End, which it will be a series of 16 collectible versions of blended bourbon whiskeys. The bourbon special bottles will be accompanied by chapters of a new D&D inspired song written by Kate Welch, a veteran dungeon master and game designer. It will be um, sold when a four-year period with every three months they will release a new themed expression ranging from warg, rogue, <laughs> warlock, dragon. The bottles will include D&D specific references like a stopper with an image of a D20 compass rose on the top and labels that keep track of hit points. Um, and even signing onto the website which has an age gate question to ensure only adult visitors 
um, which ensures only adult visitors, asks the visitor which of the several races of creatures from the game they are. So like if you're old enough to be on the website, which is very common on booth selling websites, you know, they want to make sure you are of drinking age. Um, the biggest downside, two big, two downsides is one, these will be small bat, relatively small batch whiskeys, which that pretty much means they will only be made in very small batches of bottles. And so they will be very, very hard to come by. And because of that, they will be selling for $150 each. Oh my God. Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's like yeah. a good bottle of bourbon here. In I was about like to say, I was going to try and collect all of them, but 150 bucks a piece? I'm probably just going to go with one. And another thing, you will not be able to buy them in store. They will only be sold online. Oh. So if you live somewhere that has very strict alcohol laws, <clears throat> like myself, um, you probably will not be able to get it, which kind of sucks. And it'll only, as I said, it won't be available outside of the United States and will only be able to be sold in 41 states in the country. That kind of worries me about it being sold only online through the website that's sponsoring it because scalpers are going to jump on this like a motherfucker and no oh, one they will be will. able to buy it that actually wants it because it's going to be 150 and then they're going to be reselling it for like 300 immediately. Well, they might, but technically, and I'm not sure if this is my state's laws or if it's across the country, but I think that is illegal to resell booze. I think that's bootlegging, but I don't know if that's just my state's law or if that's across the country because it's all weird. Like I said, you know, for me, where I live, we have very strict laws, but apparently they're doing this one because of the fact it is small batch and two, they kind of know that they might not be able to compete with a lot of like other very name like high brand whiskey companies that are already small batch such as Blanton's, Eagle Rare, you know, Buffalo Trace. Those are ones, dear God, I'm so tired of hearing those names, but um, you know, they're there. Those are ones that people are always like, it's like, you know, they're, they're prong, they, they, they crawl out of woodwork when they sniff that it, it's around, you know, they're like roaches, but you know, they're also trying to, um, let's see. Yeah. They're, uh, they said it's an antiquated business model with the spirits industry and it's really hard to find shelf space. So that's why they're not going to be selling in stores because of the fact that distribution can be a very big problem, especially already with small batch bourbons and so i don't know if the first one which i think the first one released will be paladin that is the first one that's releasing i'm not too sure if that one's already out yet or not but it i mean it's already you... sold out oh i am on okay the web... Wait, it's what? the rue liqueur website that's selling it correct it yeah, looks like right. there might be a few different websites that are selling it but i know i was gonna say this are... web th this website says it's sold out well honestly it's it's entirely possible that Paladin might already be sold out, which to be fair, I'm not surprised if that's the case. Whiskey snobs, they jump when it comes to high-end rare bourbons, so I'm not surprised if it's already sold out because there are probably some whiskey snobs out there who do also enjoy D&D and probably would have followed this, so, you know, I guess it's more, if it is already sold out, then it said that um, this will be a four-year thing where every three months they will drop new, you know, another branch of it, or like a new one so like it could be like you know quests and uh rogue quests quests and druid or something so essentially if this is something you're interested in definitely keep an eye out but you know it is quite a pricey bottle of bourbon a hundred and what did i say 150 dollars just for yeah. a 750 a fifth of whiskey as someone who doesn't like whiskey as someone who doesn't drink too often 
As someone who sells this shit on the daily, hell nah. Ain't worth it for me, but I mean, I understand there are people who are collectors out there who just like to have the bottle, and I get that, so... Whatever they do the one for Sorcerer or Warlock, I'm absolutely buying either one of those if I get the opportunity. I was gonna say, and I go for it, because I, I did think this was really cool when I saw it, because, you know, I'm a D&D dork myself, I really love Matthew Lillard, and I like my job when it comes to what I do, so I'm like, hell yeah, all three things in my life that connect, why not? <laughs> yeah. But, uh... Yeah. Yeah, I mean... and, like... The picture, like, the bottle itself is also really cool. It's square-shaped, and then, um, it's got, like, you know, quests and It looks like it's got a dragon on, like, the neck of the bottle, like a dragon's head. And then, um, because, like I said, they only have the paladin one out right now, so it's got, like, this really fancy, like, paladin shield on it, on the bottle. It's a really pretty bottle, and it is true on the side, as you drink it, it shows, like, um, these numbers of, like, your, you know, your hit points and everything, and I think that's really cool. And also, another quick thing about this, I didn't know Matthew Lillard was a D&D nerd. I didn't know that about him. Apparently a lot of his, he's friends with a lot of um, the people that played in Critical Role. Whoa. But yes, if you like whiskey, D&D, and Matthew Lillard, keep an eye out for Quest's End. Gemini here, and you're listening to the Pop Culture Effect on CJSW. Yeah, moving on to an interesting piece of news uh, subset. I noticed that this is not only a story about a movie, but also a uh, an, a, a music album. So please take us through uh, Deathlock. Yes, you heard it right. On August 22nd, a movie and Deathlock's album, fourth album, was released. Now, the movie in question, Metalocalypse Army of Doomstar, is a sequel to another movie way back when, of 2013, called Requiem of the Doomstar. And the album, I'm not too invested in the Deathlock album. It's been a while. The only ones I, I can remember listening to were the first two, but... I, I dabbled with the album a little bit. Oh, and it's what it's what you expect. It's metal. You know, it's face off <laughs> what you see in the show. And the movie that I watched definitely captured what I remember when I was a wee lad. When I really was going through it, watching the show and whatnot. It was insane in a typical metalocalypse fashion. It went through a lot of emotions. It it went through so many hoops and it made sense in its own strange way. I mean, I remember being a fan of it when it was originally coming out, so I'm I'm glad to hear that it kind of had a resurgence in, in in the in the public eye. I don't know, like I'm trying to remember because they also released a season not too long ago, but I I'm not I haven't delved into that yet because I only heard about the the teaser for the movie and then finding out is also the time when they will release their album on the day the movie was releasing on. If you guys would like to keep <laughs> like to take a listen to them, you can. There's like 11 songs in this album and uh, they it's what it's what you expect from metal, but it's actually pretty good. I've been jamming out since then slightly because uh, obviously I haven't been listening to a lot of metal as recently. But the movie really brought back some characters that I didn't thought I'll see again and really really took the story that at last I remember when it ended it got nuts and I'm not sure what else they can do to continue in all of this so this could be the last thing we ever see of Metal Aqua. It's so quiet in here like none of you guys watch right. this 
No, I never really watched Metalocalypse. That's upsetting. The only, thing, the I, the show the only thing I know about the series is the meme that went about about um, them all not having father figures, and one of them's just like, <laughs> "You love my dad." Like that's not awesome. Me. He is like the heavy metal son, and his dad is just like a normal, average father in like a polo shirt who is just like enjoying the things that his son is into. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's great. Late singer being the only one with that stable family. I, I, I'm very glad to hear that you were able to get a lot out of this experience because uh, I know for a lot of people when they when they have that moment of a resurgence when it comes to IP it's 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 a really it's a really good feeling inside you know makes me miss the good old days when shows are actually shows. Yep. Well uh, going to the, the the good new days um we actually have a crossover of two IPs that uh, you could say they've had a wealth of fan support. Blaze, take us through this crossover extravaganza. Yeah, so earlier this year we got the first part movie of the Ruby X Justice League animated film where it had uh, members of the Justice League uh, join basically get transported into the ruby world which for those of you who aren't too familiar with ruby um it is a 3d animated series made by originally rooster teeth the newest season is being airing on crunchyroll they have nine seasons out for right now um where he follows group huntsmen and huntresses as they fight to protect the world from creatures that are called grim but basically the first part has the justice league characters superman flash Wonder Woman, Batman, uh, Green Lantern, and Cyborg, and Vixen. All of them get transported to the Ruby world and their bodies and powers modified to fit their world as they try to figure out how their powers work again in this new place that they're not familiar with. And we just got the trailer for part two of this crossover where it's going to be flipped and the Ruby characters are going to be transported into into the DC world and they're going to be dealing the same issues with that the Justice League members had where they're trying to figure out how their powers work in this world and how they actually have to act as superheroes instead of huntsmen and huntresses. All of this really started off when um, Rooster Teeth actually came to DC about wanting to do their own comics for Ruby and get them published through DC. And those comics ended up getting a pretty big following to the point where they actually did a comic line of this Ruby X Justice League crossover, which the part one and part two movies are based off of that have gained a pretty good traction and a lot of people are in love with this crossover. I mean, I know I always appreciate when uh, different IPs have a crossover because you know, because when I was when I was looking at the trailer, I was like, man, this is a this is literally a modern day Jimmy Timmy Power Hour right here. Eventually, we'll be able to go back to oh, the nice. OG uh, game theory crossover videos and just make an even wider web and connect everything. Yeah, part one is already available for purchase, both physically along with digitally on HBO Max or just Max from the um, rebrand they've done. And part two will be available to purchase uh, digitally October 17th and a 4K version 
4K and Blu-ray version of it physically will be available on October 31st. Ooh, so not even that far away. Yeah, no, it's coming by pretty quick, especially since we just had part one earlier this year. Nice. Well, I hope I hope that you are able to uh, enjoy it when it comes out. Oh, absolutely. I am a huge comic nerd, and I'm also a big fan of the Ruby franchise, so this is something I'm really excited about. Nice. Well, going from the fan favorite pick movie for you, Blaze, uh, I I know in literally the last recording that we did, I said that Zenless Zone Zone would be my favorite game, but no, Stop Dead is my favorite game, you guys. Zenless be- Zone Zero, zero. because you Zenless got the Zone Zero. Wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, joke, I, joke. So Stop Dead was another first-person action game that was announced at Gamescom, and this is a mix of Cluster Truck, Super Hot, Nearer's Edge. It's this really fast-paced game that really hands home a sense of speed running it's kind of whole thing is just speed running there's I, I think there's other physics based uh, platforming you can do with picking up objects throwing them and throwing yourself off them I, I'm not 100% sure if that's momentum based or whatever but yeah game looks incredible uh, the first seven minutes of gameplay were showed off and like honestly it was just it looked so smooth it looked like it looked like the game I've been pretty much waiting for since I finished Mirror's Edge and Cluster Truck but yeah, I'm looking forward to it, and Stop Dead will be officially available on Steam and the Epic Games Store on October 5th. Uh, so this is going to be a PC-only game, so you know I'm going to be logged into my PC playing this thing. But yeah, check out Stop Dead. It's a really interesting concept when it comes to their approach to this kind of first-person action brawler type game. But uh, yeah, go- going from one game that I am genuinely so excited about to a Another game that I am personally excited about, Blaze, what is going on with this anime Spider-Man Mugen project? Yeah, <laughs> so Project Mugen is a new game that's coming out by NetEase and Naked Rain, which pre-registration is already available for it. There is no release date yet, but we have gotten some gameplay trailers, and it is going to be coming out on PS4, PS5, PC and mobile. Um, doesn't look like there's any announcements that would be going on Xbox, but a lot of these type of games usually never end up on Xbox because, quite frankly, PC and PlayStation kind of hoard those games. <laughs> but uh, Project Mugen is going to be a free-to-play open-world uh, action RPG uh, where you're basically going around as um, this group of characters following their stories in the world and using their powers to defeat things known as as chaos events where these creatures and other types of monsters will appear from people's imaginations and they're trying to figure out mysteries around it to stop these chaos events. The fighting style with all the characters are all very unique. You have one character who's like riding on like a motorcycle and using it to fight. One has like telekinetic powers. One is using like a katana that can also act as a bow. The other one is literally just using a gun. Wait, did Um, you say a katana that acts as a bow? Yeah, uh, in one of the videos, like one of the uh, the black, long black haired girl character um, had a katana that literally just turned into like an energy bow from the sheath of the katana. Ooh, that sounds dope, actually. But a lot of people are making comparisons to the open world aspect and how you travel through it. Very similar, like you were saying, um, to the new Spider-Man games. 
the the flow of movement, how you're walking on walls, how you're um, jumping around, grapple hooking on stuff, um, the movement of it, it does, they did heavily get some inspiration through how the movement and traveling works in the Spider-Man games, trying to traverse right. through this big city. I noticed that immediately. It looks awesome, too. It does look like a lot of fun. The action looks great. It looks like these characters have a lot of diversity to them that makes each one unique to play, and each one will have seems like how it's going to go is each one's going to have their own personal stories alongside the main story which is going to be nice to to be able to do a lot of side stuff with just figuring out these characters more well, blaze i'm happy to hear you're excited for project mugen i know i am to keep the to keep the gaming news going the subset i know you've been particularly excited for this texas chainsaw massacre game and why don't you why don't you take us through this because i know eventually we're all going to be going through this together as we play it well yes this game has been teased for a while and it's finally out people have finally have their mittens on it and as far as i can tell it's been doing great specifically taking a few people from dead by daylight it's been a time i haven't played a lot of it just enough to really get a bearings but it's based on the movies given by the name so it's similar to how the friday the 13th game were based on a franchise they make a game at it but instead this one doing something different than most of these games and there's multiple killers with multiple Ooh. people running around and each killer is based off the Sawyer family aka the cannibals from the movie you can play as Leatherface Johnny the Sea the Hitchhiker and if I remember they just added a new character in but I don't remember the name on top top of my head at the moment so they're still adding new things here and there the survivors you play as are from the first film this is taking place a little bit before the first film it's still taking place during the first film but not how things played out in that and this one the group the group of friends are looking for one of the girls who is related to one of the other girls of the group, a sister. And let's just say, well, they found more than they can chew. While in this game, you are running around, depending on which map, either a farmhouse or an underground uh, home, if I remember. And you got to work your way out and escape from the killers. Ooh. And so far, people have been enjoying themselves and making their builds with each survivor or each killer. They've been going at each other, trying to see if they can kill them or they can escape. And with Dead by Daylight current stuff going on, specifically with the alien collapse, they're doing i've been just seeing a lot of people from that fan base hopping over to this because it's similar but comparing to most games it's really fun balanced in some regard and not i haven't experienced too many bugs so that's a plus and i hope at some point you can you know play more than just the people that we saw in the first film maybe they might add in more survivors from the other films but at this point we're not too sure i know you guys would be up for to try it out but i don't know if all all of us can play all that same thing as all five of us. I'm sure we'll be able to figure something out. And I thought I'm it sure was like a, I thought it was like a, you could, there were a lot of people like I thought it was like a four v six or it was four. it was three v four, three killers and four survivors. I'm sure we could figure something out. Yeah, yeah and easy. We just get rid of Robbie. Oh, great, awesome, cool. I'll just I'll just go and I will uh, I'll go play Spyro 
for the rest of my life. As far as I can tell, this game may have a long shelf life than most games nowadays, and I hope it keeps up that way, because it has a lot of charm, it has some fun, though it can be a bit repetitive after a while, but I have hope that content will is just over the horizon. I, I hope with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre game, I hope it uh, has a lot more life to it than the Friday the 13th. I feel like nobody gave a shit about the Friday the 13th game when it came out. Whoa, whoa, people did gave a shit. The only problem with the Friday the 13th game is they didn't add much, they didn't do a lot of balancing. Yeah, there was no, there was no do... lifespan to the game. It literally it, it kind of seemed like it never got past its beta stage. And so this one, on the other hand, there's a lot to work with. I haven't experienced too much connection issues or bugs. And depending on who you play as, have really broadened the horizon with each killer there's different play styles you can do with them it's similar to how the survivors are similar to how the you know some of people who play dead by daylight how those survivors work with their own little perks but in this one some characters are better at some things than the other characters specifically if you played one guy called lillard so <laughs> Leand, some shit like that. He's the jock type who he's the only one who can quote unquote stun the killers by shoulder checking them. They can he legit can knock down some of the killers or just stun uh, Leatherfacing. Leatherface is like a massive being, absolute unit of a man. I will recommend if you have a chance, look up the voice lines when they stumble upon the sister Maria. That's the one they're looking for. And as far as I can tell, the two voice actors who did Anna and Johnny, or what, Sonny? They had bills to pay because they put the acting chops in their voice lines for when he discovered the sister. And boy, does it tug at the heartstrings because you can really hear the sorrow in their tone, specifically with, with the sister's discovery of her deceased corpse of a sister now after what the family did. So I recommend take a look at the voice lines and enjoy yourself. And he spoils the game. Well, it's not really a game. You, It's part of the set piece you can find it you can find it really early on in the main house you just gotta escape and while we're talking about old school uh horror icons coming back in video game form i just want to mention that another announcement that came out of uh, gamescom was killer clowns from outer space the game so that Mm -hmm. haven't seen much from there only little teasers that that got announced a while ago but the gameplay trailer just happened at gamescom yeah 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 good point good point it was a gameplay trailer that was showed off anyways um but i'm like i said i'm really glad that texas Chain- Te- texas chainsaw massacre is finally getting a game you know it's it's been kind of a dry spell for horror survival games ever since dead by daylight kind of completely took it over with all its not long there but you know we got story games but something cooperative with more than just you know, you on the other end, the killers can communicate now. That's scary. I, like, I just think it'll be interesting to see how they implement certain gameplay aspects. I'd love to see more gameplay to learn the actual, like, different roles that you take on as the survivor or the killer. Especially because there's multiple killers. Because I feel like usually in these survival type games, usually it's one killer and the rest are survivors. So it'll be interesting to see this kind of team-based combat. You're listening to the Pop Culture Effect on CJSW.
we've got another video game and Gemini, why don't you take us through Nightingale? So Nightingale is a game that is going to be set for early access release in February of 2024. So boy, howdy, another game for me in 2024, February, if you listen to last week's episode. <laughs> anyway. Um, oh, every everything's in February. Honestly. Uh, so Nightingale is a Victorian survival game that has lineage from the from Mass Effect and Dragon Age. And what I mean by that is it is going to be the first title from a new studio called Inf- Inflexion Games, which is fat which was founded by a by a BioWare veteran, Aaron Flynn, but it's Aaron A A R Y N. So I think I'm saying that right. <laughs> that's a weird way. That's an that's an interesting way to spell uh, Aaron. Anyway, um who was a general manager at BioWare for several years, um overseeing the launches of both Mass Effect and Dragon Age. So this will be this uh, studio's first game that will like I said be dropping in early access in February 2024. There's not too much of it that I have seen as you know it's still it's not out yet but um it is definitely a you know it says um a shared world survival crafting game nightingale is set in what looks like a fantastical version of the victorian era where explorers armed with gas lamps and rifles take on mysterious fey creatures it is playable solo or in co-op so that's interesting so if you want to play with your friends it sounds like you could play uh this game with your friends maybe this group could take a dip in it perchance if they so wish to with me (laughs) and so you know if you also don't want to do that you can you know have npcs apparently also it says something about like you can build estates and hire npcs to do menial work for you so i wonder if they're gonna have like a um what is that not necessarily life sim but like a management kind of system to it as well like how you kind of can in other rpgs kind of i think skyrim has a little bit of it but that's more going in depth if you mod the game where you can kind of have your own estate run with like um servants and everything so it looks like they kind of have something similar to that um it looks like when yeah base building in a sense um but yeah it will it will be on early access on steam and also the epic game store at 29.99 so that's actually not a pretty bad price for this game honestly so about like 30 to what 35 in cad that's not a bad price considering most games are dropping for like 70 nowadays (laughs) especially for early access but i'm pretty excited because not only is it like a new kind of rpg game but it is from people who have worked on one of my favorite games of dragon age so i have some pretty decent hopes for it uh it says that they chose this setting of nightingale because it's inspired by flynn's desire to get away from the traditional fantasy and sci-fi settings that bioware has been kind of like doing for a long time now which i mean honestly i kind of like the idea of going for a more victorian styled setting for an rpg game because i think the last time i played a game that had a victorian setting theme to it was bloodborne and that's and that game is old at this point <laughs> well i mean i'm glad to hear that it is a game that you are excited for i know i i didn't look much into nightingale but what i saw i was at least intrigued by so we'll mm-hmm. see how it goes i was gonna say yeah it looks it, obviously they're not like you know fully getting away from like the fantasy aspect because it literally says you're fighting fey creatures so like of course it's still gonna have like fantasy but i do like how um they're moving away from it seems like more that medieval aspect of it and more pushing slightly more modern because i will admit something that's always kind 
kind of like tickled my interest was fantasy in a more modern-esque setting. Granted, Victorian era isn't that modern, but it definitely is a big time jump from like ye old knights and swords to, you know, gas lamps. And yet now it's like ye old gas lamps and my flintlock pistol. Hey, hey, that's still, you know, pretty nice, you know what I mean? I'm not bashing it, I'm just saying it's a very nice, like, change of pace and everything, because if they're going to have, like, magic in a sense, that'd be kind of interesting of, like, a magic-infused, like, gun and everything. Can't wait to shoot a bay in the face. That's a bad one, <laughs> not a good one. I mean, yeah. well, granted, Faye's up in the air, to be honest. I was gonna say, their alignment people. is up in the air, because, you know, they're more chaotic rather than, like, evil or good. They're just, like, they're shitheads. Never trust them. It depends on how you treat them in a sense or they tell they view you that they could see you they could yeah. see your true intentions they can yeah. smell you i can smell you <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but another thing, um, actually, about this game is that uh, it was delayed three times. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> oh, well. that was something yeah. I forgot to mention. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it was it was delayed three times, and it now finally does have a proper release date. Just something that slipped your mind. Oh, it almost got canceled three times. Not canceled, just delayed because it was. Well, here's the thing: it originally was announced to launch in 2022. What kind of happened in the in the time leading up to 2022? Nothing. We all had a wonderful Back time. Actually, all... reunion tour. Yeah. Back so. You you know, some, some things happened during that period of time. So then, you know, since it was probably announced to launch in 2022, they more than likely hit a big wall with some certain things that affected the world. So then they pushed it back to 2023. It doesn't say, like, why it was delayed, because it was in early 2023. Maybe um, they ran into some other snags, then they were going to push it to fall. But now they have a proper release date of February 2024, 22nd of 2024, which for me Personally, I honestly have no qualms with when a game studio feels that they need to push their game back. Because in my opinion, that shows that they're taking thought and care into the craft. They're not just trying to shove something out as with most game developers do nowadays. They are, that shows that they probably realized, oh, the current build of this game isn't as properly polished as we'd like it to be. So maybe we should just hold it back, work out those bugs and kinks that are probably really, really bad. And then we can release it. I'm fine with that. It can be frustrating. There's this one game I've had my eye on on Steam for like two and a half years now, and it was supposed to be released back in like May of 2021, and it now has just a to-be-determined date because I think they're still trying to polish the game, and uh, it's frustrating, but I'm like, you know what? If that means that they're go it's going to be a good game then, I'm fine with that. You know how you know how gaming industry, gaming companies are? They're just going to release it and just fix it with patches and up well, yeah, that's normally what does happen. I mean, that's what no, probably will happen to this Get game. out of that. No, what I mean is, yes, that is still normal where they will release a game and they will have patches. But what the bad thing is when it's a half-baked game and then they fix it with patches. If it's a game where, where like, you know, they released it and then, you know, in playing the full release, they're like, oh, shit, we do have some minor bugs. And then they fix them. That's fine. That's completely fine. So, yeah, like, fine. yeah, if that happens, process. that's um, but yeah, when it's a half-baked game, and then like five months later, they're like, "Oh, hey, here's um, here's a patch." Here's that other half for, of like, the game you were. Here's that other half of the game uh, that you bought like six months.
months ago. And hey, um, we just realized here's the rest of the cut content that we finally decided to get around to doing something with. We're gonna sell that to you for about $30 as DLC. That's yep, when it's bad. When it's, you know, hey, we released our game and a month later, you guys have been re have been reporting that there's some, some minor problems with the game. Okay, we'll get around to fixing that. That's fine. Cause you know, yeah, they have testers, but it's not like they can be able to like find every single bug in the game. But yeah, I'm pretty excited. And honestly, I just only recently found out about this game. I didn't even know about it till just now. But when I did, I'm like, oh, okay, that seems interesting. Especially when I saw that um, someone who worked on Dragon Age was a part of this. I'm like, ooh, this will help sate me while I patiently, impatiently wait for Dragon Age Dreadwolf. <laughs> oh my God. Hey man, when I, when I get more news about that, you know damn well I'm going to be talking about it on here nonstop. Well, that's fair. That's fair. You're listening to the Pop Culture Effect on CJSW. Now, uh, going from our uh, final Gamescom showcase game, I think it's only appropriate that we talk about the other showcase that went on. So, Menace, why don't you take us through what happened during the Destiny 2 showcase? Well, so this was uh, this was their showcase showing off what's going to happen in the, the big final expansion, the end of the end of an era, as as one would say. So, first first off, they talked about location. You are actually going inside of the inside of the traveler, the big good being, I guess you could say that we've been seeing. So we are we're actually going inside of it and we are seeing that the witness went inside of it first and we are actually seeing that just being in there is actually changing the inside of it. And like actually how they how they explain it is that once you go in there, you will see the traveler react to you entering and it'll essentially show you bits and pieces of your your journey that you've been on as a guardian in the landscape as it forms and as you get closer to the witnesses side of this area you will like see things start to get demented and like being segmented apart and like dissected stuff like that now the the next thing that they covered in it is the uh the season of the witch which is uh the season that is going on in destiny right now which has been amazing uh i don't know how how much the other destiny players here blaze and subset have gone into it lore wise i love this new season i think it's probably the best one of this year so far. It, it has been fun. We get to see one of our uh, old recurring characters, Eris, finally take her step up of becoming the next Hive God, which the Hive are one of the main races playing into this whole big story of this game franchise. And we are actually helping her become more powerful by fighting these enemies over and over again. Third thing that they have talked about is the new raid that's going to be reprised next Friday. One of the raids returning from Destiny 1, Crota's End. The second the second raid that ever came out for destiny is going to be remade it is actually one of the most terrifying to this day at least for me you go into the center of the moon which was hollowed out by the hive race and it's like you start off in the pitch black dark area with only lanterns like off in the distance to guide you while you're being chased down by this horde and horde of enemies the the next thing they talked about was for final shape they are going to release one new super for each of the classes uh respectfully Void is going for the Titan and they are getting Twilight Arsenal where you get this axe, you hop up into the air and you throw it, but that's not the end of the super because it sucks enemies in and explodes and leaves the axe on the ground for your teammates to pick up. So all three of you can pick up an axe and then use it after the super is over as well. That's going to be fun. I'm wondering if it's going to be able to do like the same damage as just like a normal 
uh, heavy sword, or if it's going to be a little bit more powerful than a heavy sword. I hope it does. I'm hoping that it also has, for the heavy attack, it has something to, like, give it that super kind of feel to it. Like a, like a void slam that kind of sucks enemies in, and then he can swing the axe and hit him or something like that. Or each hit weakens enemies. Yeah. The, the solar for the warlock is getting a, it's a somewhat revamp to an old one, but not really. In Destiny 1, you'd have this bolt called Sunsinger, where you could either pop it to res yourself from the dead, or you can use it uh, when you were alive and it would overcharge your ability regeneration. So you'd be shooting off melees and throwing grenades all over the place. But what's cool in this one is that they made it to where your melee gets double the projectiles, so you're just shooting fire off everywhere. And they have this new grenade that flies around from different groups to enemies as like a phoenix looking thing, along with, uh, there's a little, uh, little ball of solar energy that goes into your, when you lay your healing thing down and it shoots off at enemies. The super also um, will buff your party for whoever's using any solar weapons. Oh yeah, it gives it a damage increase, doesn't it? Yep, damage increase and heavy um, scorch buff as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Which is gonna be nice because then... I'm tired of running well and daybreak sucks. You're just gonna start uh, burning everything down? Hell yeah. And for arc, we have one of the things that people have been asking for for the longest, I think, is the Blade Dancer Super from Destiny 1 for arc hunters. And they, they're kind of getting it, but the main issue with that super was closing the gap so what you can do now is you get this little knife and you throw it yellow flash from naruto teleport to it and do this big aoe attack of arc energy uh and you can do it up to three times so you get a little blink all over the area i'm gonna fear just that destroying enemies it's really uh, it's yeah it's gonna be sad trying to hold down a point and then you just get blinked on and your entire team gets decimated yep. but the next thing that they jumped onto, which i'm actually very excited and i've been waiting for this in destiny for a long time they're adding new subfamilies to the weapons so normally you'll have like uh, a precision frame assault rifle and an aggressive frame the precision frame can hit to farther ranges but hits less damage the aggressive shoots slower but hits for more damage they're adding new ones like new subsidies to that they have this uh healing frame assault rifle where you can you can go seamlessly from shooting an enemy to shooting your teammate with it in the back and it'll actually heal your teammate or they That's have like very useful for raids all in-game content content is what we was thinking in my mind. People are going to be rocking those. Make sure you got your heel guns out. Another one that they showed, which I'm really excited for, is the Tracer Rockets. Uh, in a sidearm. So you're gonna have a, a little sidearm that's gonna shoot slow moving either tracking rock. I'm guessing some of them will have tracking, some of them won't. And they'll shoot off little rockets that'll go in and actually do like AoE damage. So you have another type of AoE damage that's not in like a heavier weapon like a rocket launcher or a grenade launcher. There is also, they're doing a power rework, which every everyone including, or not everyone, but a lot of people in the community and me kind of scared when that happened or when that was announced because there was talk about them dropping everybody's power level down to one and doing it like an actual leveling system taking essentially taking away all the progress that you've earned but they they came at it with a different way and did what's called fire team power and fire team finder so fire team finder is a like a looking for group kind of thing where you can match make for end game activities and other such like the different just the different activities that are in the game but those end game activities they have what's called fire team power to where you can have someone who's been playing the 
game for months and it's gotten up to the highest light level in the game and you can have one who literally the guy who who's the friend of that guy who just downloaded it today go into the same thing and it'll actually boost you like i think they said five or ten levels below your your teammate that's in that in that higher bracket that's gonna be really nice for uh when we eventually get bobber back into destiny ha you won't have ha, to, ha, ha. you won't have to worry about playing it all the time because he'll be at that level because we'll bring him to that level good luck and the uh the last thing they really talked about at the game showcase is that they they've been going on like a season pass four four season pass passes per year kind of model and they are switching it up they're going to call episodes after the final shape and how it goes is that they're going to have the big annual expansion of final shape and these new episodes are dealing with the aftermath of what happens in that story they have the first one is called echoes and it looks like it deals with the vex race that's in there the next one is called whispers which is looking like it's dealing with the scorn which is a race that was kind of created in the midst of all this fighting between light and dark and the last one is called heresy which looks like it's going to be us finally clearing up everything with the hive pretty much tying up each loose ends like dark saga yeah and then it says that each each episode is going to have three acts which spread out between six weeks each for each act for one episode then you are uh each act is going to be adding new artifact perks season pass levels which actually i didn't think about this when first reading it you're not gonna have your entire pass unlocked until the end of the year with these episodes your season your season pass will be time gated essentially each act of an episode i think they said is supposed to unlock like 50 levels and there's going to be a total of 150 now okay and then it'll unlock new uh weapons for each act is going to have like their own seasonal weapons that they'll have and if i remember correctly they said that there's also going to be new exotic mission there's a new exotic and new exotic mission every episode but that was really all they talked about the showcase they also talked about how the controversy that's been going on with Lightfall and how they want to show the community that they are actually doing better and they want to show that through their action or how uh, Final Shape is going to be and they essentially told us just wait we, we hear your feedback we're going to communicate with the community more and we'll we'll show you what we have in the Final Shape uh, I think that wraps up a lot of the news we had going on this was a double episode this week so we recorded three hours so whoop de doo we're god I'm so tired I, I know everybody wants to go to bed so I'm just gonna end this here. Um, I want to implore everyone to go check out all of the topics that we had to cover today from the Destiny 2 showcase to all the other stuff of movies, video games, AI music, the bourbon whiskey. Make, make sure to check out all the other podcasts that CJSW has to offer. And uh, once again, I want to say it's been a, an absolute pleasure to spend this time with my wonderful friends, Blaze. Tired. Gemini. The pleasure as always. Menace. Slowly dying. And <laughs> subset. Hey-o. I love how it's always Heyo. It's never anything other than Heyo. Because people who play video games. Doesn't know. matter whether it's the intro or the outro. It's just always Heyo. Again, you know what? Keep people... it going. Keep it going for the. For all you of know time. where I got this from. I love how like Angel's got Even that. Even Steve can move with those cards, right and all he can say is Heyo. Hey, <laughs> oh, shut up, hey, Steve. No. Steve, shut the f*** uh, up, Steve. Jesus Christ. Yes. Anyways. All right, so th this, this is my bit now. No, that's fair. I, I don't, I, I don't, I, I'm not going to stop you from having a bit. Anyways, hopefully you guys enjoyed this cavalcade of weirdness and topics that uh, we all, we all just truly care about and love. Anyways, we're all going to go to sleep. You guys have a great rest of your day and we will, we will see you in the next one. Goodbye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Gemini here, and you're listening to the Pop Culture Effect on CJSW. 